been a bit hard in recent weeks getting anything out of a politician, but here is a man who I know will give me something. He is the Prince of the Provinces, Shane Jones, on his way to Wellington, no doubt, uh, to Inca Deal. And Shane, I'm going to ask you shortly about what portfolios you might like to get your mitts onto. But I want to start by the 22nd of November 1963, a date none of us will forget. It was the date that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. I know you spent a lot of time at Harvard. You're a student of history. What are your reminiscences on the Kennedy assassination? Well, they were regarded as the Camelot couple. And who could not be impressed by the grace, the poise and the extraordinary physical beauty of Jackie? But look, I uh, studied at the Kennedy School. Uh, I arrived in 1990, and I left in the... I think I left at the end of 1991. So that school, which is one of the um, public policy, economic policy schools located in Harvard, was created in memory, and I guess it represents uh, some sort of testimony to his legacy. And his legacy was classic political economy, social democracy, but he also represented many of the people that steer forward with his legacy, uh, the awakening of a new age and new frontiers, new discovery, freshness, and breaking away, quite frankly, from uh, historic influences that have hobbled both countries, nations, communities, and people. And those are the memories that I have of my time at that particular segment of the um, Harvard complex. I love JFK. I love the history. I love the conspiracy theories around his assassination. I think, remember he said at the beginning of his term, we will land a man on the moon before the end of the decade. He got that done. Here in New Zealand, we can't even fix a pothole. Oh, look, we're hobbled here in New Zealand. And nowhere is the case more grievous than what's happening in Mount Messenger, an obscure part of of a state highway roading complex. I'm told it's held up uh, because it'll take the Supreme Court four or five years before it uh, resolves whatever issues. We've allowed in New Zealand tiny groups, and sadly, they often involve misguided hapus and deluded greenies. And what they do is they hold the country, the broader community, and the business uh, owners to ransom. And if there's one thing that must be un- uh, not that must be untied. It's the hold that these tiny, unelected groups have over the statutory approvals process. We will not create a wealthier provincial New Zealand unless we've got high-quality infrastructure. We've got South Island farmers who aren't even allowed to take their tractors into the the rivers and to take out gravel and metal for their own, uh, not only their own use, but to boost the resilience of flood protection. You've got to go through an inordinately long and and torturous consent process, then you've got to go and and beg the local hapu to get permission to do that. All of that is social engineering, and if I have my way, it will be gone like a bonfire. Well, am I sniffing the seeds of a Minister of Maori Affairs and another provincial growth fund here, Shane Jones? (laughs) Well, obviously, Winston and I will always have a strong view about how we integrate the efforts and um, the investments within Māoridom, so it grows our overarching nation. But no, sadly, uh, the allocation of portfolios is well and truly above my pay grade, but people should have no doubt as to the willingness and the um, zeal of New Zealand First to bring to heel the polarisation 
the exploitation of, um, of, of the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi to drive more divisive outcomes. I mean, this notion, this notion that you can't proceed with mining uh, off the coast of Taranaki unless the local hapu uh, uh, are uh, happy and it suits whatever their customary tikanga preferences are. There is no tikanga in Māoridom governing the extraction 37 kilometres off the coastline of iron sands from God knows how many metres under the water. That's not only a fiction, but sadly it's taken root and it's growing through the uh, through 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 the um, the corridors of the judiciary, I'm horrified by it. You're not PC enough to be Minister of Maori Affairs. Um, well, yeah, I mean, as I said, mate, there's there's there's, uh, there's no doubt um, other opportunities, but uh, I don't think it's fair to say that I only call a spade a spade. I put my credentials up for the long period of time that I've been active at the uh, crisscross of mainstream society, the Māori economy. I used to be the chairman of the Māori Fisheries Commission. And I'm not going to be lectured to, and I'm not going to be hectored by the Māori Party, who only got 87,000 people to vote for them as a party. And lots of those voters, I can guarantee, aren't Māori themselves. I actually think it's quite insidious that the Māori Party believe that they represent the one and true pathway forward for Māoridom. When you get that level of arrogance and when you get that level of moral superiority, it starts to create deep and divisive outcomes. Well, you're banging on a drum there that a lot of people might agree with uh, Shane Jones. Look, you are likely, when I say you, New Zealand First is likely to get at least two seats around the Cabinet table. You're ranked number two in the New Zealand First caucus. You are going to be a Cabinet Minister, just between you and I and a couple of listeners. What would be your dream job? (laughs) Uh, Those discussions, as you well know, are under the cone of silence, and it would be an act of treachery to puncture that cone of silence. You've been watching too much Maxwell Smart. (laughs) Okay, 99. (laughs) What would be a good uh, dream job for you? Let me throw one at you. Minister of Regional Development. Well, historically, that was a role that I had. But look, uh, in all seriousness, the uh, negotiations have entered a very sensitive phase. And those matters lie exclusively with our leader, Winston, uh, the Prime Minister-elect, and the leader of the ACT Party. And um, I, I, I really cannot contribute anything to answer that question, but people should be mindful of the issues that we campaigned on. And, uh, you know, all parties try to deliver tangible outcomes because this is not only a three-year phase. Uh, we're keen on a nine-year gig. Final question for you. Who's going to be Deputy Prime Minister? My money's on the wily old crocodile, as Simon Bridge has affectionately labelled your boss, Winston. I think he's just too cunning. Uh, well, let's just wait and see, mate. Uh, he has uh, unparalleled experience, does our leader, Winston Peters. And the uh, expectation that Winston has is these matters will be addressed under the cone of silence because they require a uh, level both of confidentiality and also uh, not to be trotted out uh, indiscriminately. I love the cone of silence. One more for you. Going back to Kennedy, do you have any uh, assassination conspiracy theories? I've got plenty and I've been there and I've spent a day there. I'd love to go back again. What do you reckon of it? 
Uh, oh, mate, I've watched all the movies. I've read several books. I've been, uh, there's a Kennedy Library. We had a function there when I was 29, 30, 31. And uh, I won't... I won't burden our provincial listeners or indeed our primary producers with my theories as to what happened to Kennedy, but his legacy not only lives on, but it defined a feature of America's identity. The role of the FBI, the role of the CIA, the power to, to, to manage information, but also the power to make images so that they're totally durable. And that's what they did with the Kennedy legacy. Shane Jones, thank you very much for your time. Good luck getting your feet under that cabinet table. See you, mate. Bye.